Hello, Georges Collinet with you on a special edition of Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. In June 2018, we lost a great friend and a giant in the work of documenting African music. Leo Sarkisian was the host of the Voice of America's Music Time in Africa from 1965 up to 2012 when he retired. In his storied life, he recorded music all over Africa and beyond. So today, we bring you Remembering Leo Sarkisian, a conversation I had with Leo in his prime, speaking about his extraordinary life and work. the theme music for Music Time in Africa, a very popular weekly radio program broadcast throughout Africa and produced for the last 30 years by my friend and colleague from The Voice of America, Leo Sarkisian. Leo is an extraordinary guy, broadcaster, musician, ethnomusicologist, painter, linguist, and full of energy at the tender age of 75. He's traveled and recorded extensively all over Africa since the late 50s. Leo has some wonderful sounds and stories to share with us today. Leo, comment ça va? Toujours en forme, George. <laughs> voilà, voilà. <laughs> Which means right on top. <laughs> well, welcome to Afropop Worldwide, Leo. Thank you. I'm Thank so you. happy to have you here today. Leo, we'll get you to tell us more of your story later, but let's hear some of your recordings first. You've worked a long time in Guinea and met some of my favorite artists there, and in particular, the great Kandia Kouyaté. And great is right. This is a young man who really left his mark in the history of West African music. But uh, shall we listen to one of his recordings right now? Right How up. about Joliba? Ni mine 
Kuyate with Joliba, which means the Niger River, recorded in Guinea by broadcaster, ethnomusicologist, adventurer extraordinaire Leo Sarkeesian, our guest this week on Afropop Worldwide, Georges Collinet with you. Now, Leo, let's talk about this great Candia. He was uh, tall, always wearing that long, flowing white robe and that, uh, that hat always cocked on the side. He was magnificent. Royal, royalty. Yes. Uh, Candier, of course, was one of the descendants of the great griot families. As you know, there were four great griot families in West Africa, Mm -hmm. spread out through Mali, Senegal, Sierra Leone, and Guinea, of course. And he came from the town of Kindia, Mm -hmm. is where he was born. In Guinea, yeah. And he mentioned how Uh, As a young man, his father handed him his first musical instrument, which was the koni, the little lute. Mm -hmm. From then on, uh, he began to take the West African classical music seriously. And uh, when I arrived there, of course, he was the number one artist and musician in the city. You were there. How was it uh, in the late 50s and the early 60s? How was the music scene in Guinea? Well, orchestras at that time, like other parts of Africa, in the 50s, they were just becoming organized. And it was the first time that they were organizing uh, dance orchestras. And in the middle of Conakry, they had this great club called the Payot. La Payot, that was there several times. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The freshest beer in town. (laughs) (laughs) But these beautiful uh, Payot clubs, which is a thatched roof, um, and... uh, That was the first place where uh, dance orchestras began to perform. And in other major towns, they were just beginning to have little musical groups. Mm -hmm. But you know know what is interesting also is the fact that maybe the evolution of music in Guinea in particular was due to President Sekoutouré. This is right after independence. That's right. They had just become in September uh, 1958, following Ghana, and to organize the country for unity. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, you know, there was, during the colonial period, all the various peoples were separated mm-hmm. to keep control. Well, Secretary said, look, forget your tribal loyalties. You are now a Guinean. And he wanted to use music as one of the great tools for unification. Yeah, right. So there were a number of orchestras being uh, organized. Uh, the Orchestra Gekedu, the Orchestra uh-huh. of Kisidugu, uh-huh. and of course, the famous Payot also. And I did have the opportunity, of course, of going down to Bela, and I was able to record the first recordings of a group that became known as the Bembeya Jazz. Really? That became very popular later on when they did come to the uh, capital city, to uh, Conakry. But they were a great band. Thank you. 
Guinea's all-time best-loved bands. 
Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide. We are visiting with Leo Sarkisian, producer of the Voice of America's weekly show, Music Time in Africa, which recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. That's right, George. And we've known each other 30 years. That's right, Leo. <laughs> and I tell you, I'm sure that you get asked this question all the time. How did an Armenian-American from Massachusetts fall so much in love with African music? It goes a long way, George. <laughs> After uh, tours of Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, for a recording company in Hollywood, Tempo Records, where uh -huh. I was music director, and also I was trained as a sound engineer at radio recorders in Hollywood. I was doing background music for films and for television. Oh, really? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was Tempo Records, after we finished with Asia, that they said that I was going to go to Ghana because it had just become independent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked there in Ghana with uh, Radio Ghana for about a year, traveling all over the country, taking samples of music. And then I went up to uh, Conakry, Guinea, mm -hmm. traveling up through Burkina Faso and in through parts of Mali and then into uh, Guinea. So I had carte blanche, actually. What a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> And then you met uh, Edward Murrow, I think? Edward Murrow came to Conakry, and uh, he had heard about my recording work, and I had just come back from Mali from a recording trip. And he said, I'd like to hear some of the recordings that you've been making. Hmm. And little did I know that he was a close friend of my boss in Hollywood. Ah, yes. Anyhow, I, I played a recording uh, for him from Mopti, from the interior of Mali. Mm -hmm. And it was a small combo, four musicians, who had never left Mopti, had never gone to the capital city of that country. And Maro said, my gosh, he says, if that isn't Chicago blues, and very nice. <laughs> it was not Ali Fakature, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is way back in the early days, you wow. know. And uh, uh, he said, where did they learn music like that? And I said, by listening to the voice of America. <laughs> <laughs> and which was probably true. Yes. And uh, it was after that that uh, they recruited me for the voice of America. Mm. Well, that's an amazing story there, Leo. And uh, I am so jealous. You are going traveling Mopti, Guinea. Oh, well, anyway, how would you typically operate? I mean, you know, you arrive in a, in a village. Well, number one, George... Research is the most important thing in music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done my homework all my life, and even now at my tender age of 75, I still go through my books on African history, on different peoples and musical instruments. So I do my homework in advance, and I know exactly what I'm looking for and what I'm doing. And I've always had the luxury of not going into a village right away and begin to record. I would spend a few days, I would listen to the musicians till they had enough confidence in me of what I was looking for. And about three or four days later, they would come to me and say, when are you going to record us? <laughs> yeah. And right from the beginning, in the evenings, as you know, there's always music mm -hmm. and dancing in the villages. I would dance up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, and, and I know you can do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, in a short time, you can almost become part of that village. Yeah. 
Leo, now that we have uh, talked about the village scene, let's take the listeners there through one of your recordings. Okay. I went to Cancan, and outside of the city... Cancan in Guinea. Yes. Yes. At least a couple of thousand people had gathered for a big festival. And there was a big fire built right there in the center of this field, and they waited till it was all hot coals. And then all of a sudden, a dancer came out and started walking on the coals, and then the drums began, and he began to dance all on these hot coals. And then it seemed as if everybody there began to sing at the same time. And I was able to set up all my microphones and my machines and everything right next to the, near the fire. And uh, I recorded uh, this fire dance.
Oh, take me back, take me back to Africa right now. <laughs> George, this is one of the great experiences I've had as a recording engineer. Because as I was recording this group of flute music, I had my on my earphones, I was listening to this flute, these wild notes that this man was playing, and then all of a sudden, I saw two people come and take the flute player mm -hmm. on each side, and he was already all like frozen, and they carried him away. He had put himself in a trance You're with kidding. his own music. Where was that? This was in Burkina Faso, in the interior. And as you know, uh, Burkina Faso is one of those countries, it's a landlocked country, mm -hmm. and it's one place where traditional music is still the life of everybody. It's, it's the everyday life, mm -hmm. uh, the traditional musical instruments and the dancing. Mostly when you go into countryside, yeah. I've yes. heard some, some fabulous musicians out there. Very, very much so. Leo, you also spent a lot of time working in Ghana and Nigeria. Can you tell us about some of the stars from Nigeria that you met? Well, I arrived there in 1965, and the name of the most important musician at that time, who became really great later, was the great Fela. Fela, Ransom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at that time, of course, he was uh, experimenting with uh, like Stan Kenton arrangements for jazz, you know, with, uh -huh. with the brass and all. And I was there, of course, working with NBC, with Nigerian uh, Broadcasting Corporation, and I was sent there to help train some of their recording artists. And so Fella came with his group to be recorded. And we had a wonderful time for several weeks uh, recording some of his songs. So let's listen to one of the recordings that you made with uh, Fella Ransom Kuti. Okay. Track four, take two, Ojo. <laughs>
Cardinal Jim Rex Lawson from Nigeria, recorded by Leo Sarkisian, our guest today. I love the titles. I mean, over in Nigeria, we have commanders, generals, admirals. That's true. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the cardinal. First, it was Jim Rex Lawson. And then, of course, he sang a lot of Christian music. So his fans, ah. so his fans came about to call him the Cardinal also. <laughs> okay. And he was one of the great pioneers uh, in popular music in Nigeria, even before Fella's time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was playing high life music. And he actually bought his own hotel. He had a oh, bar really? and oh, a wow. restaurant. <laughs> and uh, he did very well. And I was invited to his hotel with all my equipment uh -huh. and uh, was able to record him. Oh, that's great. We go from Nigeria to Ghana in a moment. I'm Georges Collinet. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, we're remembering the life and career of radio giant Leo Sarkisian. We pick up with our discussion about drum orchestras in Ghana, a place near and dear to our hearts. Leo, you spent a lot of time working in Ghana, and I think that you are focusing on traditional music, is that right? That's true, George. And I think that probably one of the most important things in Ghanaian music is the drum orchestras. And As you know, people all over the world, when they hear about Africa, Africa they think about the drums, of <laughs> yeah, course. Yeah, that's right. But these are well-organized groups, mm -hmm. and there is a great theory uh, to African drumming. And I have an example over here now of where the master drummer who leads the orchestra plays a little bit of poetry to introduce a dance. And what he's doing is calling the attention of all the other musicians. Mm -hmm. And he says, wait, I'm going to give you the rhythm for the dance, and he will give it the first rhythm to the man who's playing the gong. And then he'll give another cross rhythm, a rhythm playing against the other rhythm, to the first drummer and then the second drummer and so on. So you'll have about five rhythms all going together, wow. yet it sounds as if it's one. And it gets really, really exciting so that the dancers feel as if it's almost like being intoxicated.
Wow, what was that, Leo? George, a large number of recordings I made in northern Ghana. Uh And this was a very important village called Tumu, where there's a very well-known chief musician. Mm -hmm. And this group, of course, was a xylophone orchestra, and the bells that you heard were actually tied around the wrists Ah, of, yes, the, yes. of the xylophone player uh-huh. so that he can have his own uh, rhythm at the same time. Yeah. Leo, you recently returned to Africa, and you were in Ghana, of course, and you went back to Liberia. Uh, Liberia, of course, is uh, sadly torn up by a vicious civil war that's killed 150,000 people over the last six years. And you spent a lot of time there uh, in more peaceful days. George, even though it was heartbreaking to go back to Liberia, it was still like going back home for me because I did spend so much time there. And I made many, many recordings, especially in the interior of the country, uh, in Vai country and Gio country. And uh, one of the recordings I made there, of course, features the fanga, which is the armpit drum. And uh, this is a group of uh, Gio men and uh, women from the village of Zowinto in the interior of Liberia. And that's totally different from what we've heard. We are now in the deep forest. Exactly, very much so. From Liberia, recorded by Leo Sarkisian, our guest today on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. I'm Georges Collinet. And Leo, now tell me, do you have any favorite pop artists from Liberia? Yes, I have, uh, George. In fact, Liberia has had uh, several good pop stars who've even gained international fame. There was a very interesting young lady there by the name of Fatou Gayflower, 
who later on was given the title Princess Fatou Gayflor. There you go, another and, title. <laughs> and they even named, uh, called her the Golden Voice of Liberia. Uh-huh. And she was actually in the National Folkloric uh, Troupe as a dancer and singer. And later on, she started to uh, make recordings with a modern dance orchestra. And I recorded her with a number of excellent uh, songs of old traditional folk songs. Yeah. But we also have an album over here that uh, was recorded by Faisal Halwani of some of the same songs that I had already recorded. Uh-huh. So let's listen to Princess Fatou.
That was Chachi from Ethiopia, and before that, uh, we heard Fatou, Princess Fatou from Liberia. Leo, you've just been in uh, Ethiopia. Yes, yes. And that's where you met uh, Chachi. Yes, but I also met Chachi first here in this country. She was in Hollywood here uh-huh. doing some film work, and then we also interviewed her and with some of her music here at The Voice of America. But when I got to uh, Addis this time, She was the first one, of course, who came to uh, see us, and she had just released her first CD. A beautiful young CD. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, more on Leo's recent visit to Ethiopia in a moment, but first. (laughs) 
Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Womex, the showcase, marketplace, and seminar for world and roots music. This October 24 to 28 at Las Palmas de Gran Canaria, the Canary Islands, Spain. More info, womex.com. Leo, you were recently in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Can you tell us about the music scene there? Well, great changes have taken place there in Ethiopia, as there are in a number of countries uh, throughout Africa. Uh, there's sort of a going back to the roots mm -hmm. and a type of music called Asmari music. The Asmaris, a group of people in the north, and they're performing in these little clubs called Tejbait. Tej, is, of course, is a home brew like a honey wine. And uh, bait means house, uh, a clubhouse. So they have all these little groups, usually of a, a one-string violin and a drum, and sometimes they'll add an accordion uh, also to, uh, in the orchestras. So th here is an example of what we call Tej bait music in Addis Ababa. It's very popular. Bait music from Ethiopia. We've been talking with the music man of Africa, Leo Sarkisian. Thanks for stopping by, Leo. We'll have to do this again. Certainly, George. Uh, as long as I'm going to uh, be toujours en forme, also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we did meet many times. Leo, we miss you. We'll never forget you. Visit afropop.org to learn more about Leo Sarkisian's extraordinary life. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Sean with help from Ned Sublet. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Banning Air, C.C. Smith, and Akornefa Echea edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of operations is Ben Richman, and I'm Georges Collinet. Ah.
P.R.I. Public Radio International.